When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, there it is. Show to do. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the CBC Wisdom Hour, number 135 for 420 2021. I'm Steve Wichel in New Orleans. Tony B coming to you from New Jersey. Am I loud enough? I don't I was, feel I like I'm loud enough. I was talking to the staff. I was pumping them up saying, we got a show to do. Let's go. Get I know. They're psyched. It's, Pump it, it up. It's 420. Everybody's partying today it's four, so for 2021 there you go it is it is officially the uh celebration of marijuana day not saying you know it is illegal in some parts so i'm not uh, condoning it for the places that it's illegal but there's places where it's legal so party up like in new jersey it's legal right yeah it's getting there it's not getting there it's legal it's just not yeah it's just i don't know what there's, well, there's no I, I, I don't stores. see it widely accepted, you know, like, sure, the stores are open and people are flocking to them, you know, but I don't see uh, people walking around Main Street token up. Well, no, you're not going to see that unless you're in Denver, I guess. Well, that's, but, that's what I mean. Either you're going, either you're in or you're not. But you just can't get arrested for having possession of fun. Correct. And, you, and there are stores that you're aware of where you can go and buy uh Imagine that when we were kids, I remember reading an article in school, grammar school, no less. That was wait, Machana says it's for 2020, 2021, loving it. Yeah, right. So, grammar school, you could do what now? No, I we we did an article, we read this piece on where they were saying, um, you know, marijuana will never be legal, and the other side of the argument was saying, well, much like prohibition, you know, eventually it will be legal, the government will tax it. And imagine, you know, and, and the, the breakdown of the article was really showing how many billions of dollars in revenue the government would stand to make if they legalized marijuana. And you're talking back in the early eight, you know, late 70s, early 80s, they were saying, no way, man, like it would never happen. And look at us now. And look in our lifetime. We see Look it. at how far we've come. Good, uh, uh, good verdict today. We don't talk politics or any of that, but, you know. People who are following along know what we're talking about. A good uh, verdict in a, a, a high-profile case today. Um, and it's 420. It's my buddy Matt Wells' birthday today. Hey, he happy is, birthday, Matt. He is a singer uh, from New Jersey, and I just texted him happy birthday because I, I I sent him the happy birthday on Facebook, but I don't think he goes on Facebook much. Rock so. on, Matt. Happy birthday. Send him a text. He's always going to be older than me, that Matt. What do you think he's doing for his birthday, Steve? I don't know. It's a work day. It's Tuesday. So he might be uh, working. Well, he should have definitely taken off of work today if it's his birthday. 
that's like a mandatory celebration right there. I think so. I mean, I'll try I, to I, I'll I'll try to get to the bottom of it. I typically engage in a birthday week celebration. You know? Good for you, man. Yeah. That's because you're extra special and you deserve it. It's because I'm just being so, dope. Cheers to that. <laughs> My birthday is on a holiday. So it's always even better. Well, yes. How exciting, Steve. Which holiday is it on? It's it's not that exciting. It used National to be National Greeting Card Day. No. Is that a holiday? No, it's on Fourth of July. Remember when we did the the days we looked up like every day of the year was something? Remember we found that website and it was yeah, all I was still doing it for crazy things. Like, I was doing it for a while you know, and celebrating some of these, but there were so few that were music related that I just kind of gave up on. Shoe buckle day. Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. like some of them were just ridiculous. But yeah, you're right. There wasn't that many music ones. No, so there weren't but, enough for me to to consistently look at it, and I was like, all right, I got bored with it. Johnny, but, I need you to start creating a list of of 365 days a year musical tribute things i got johnny working on it we're gonna all right machana mullen's birthday is 1666 and i don't know what that means much one january 6th january 6th 1966 i guess much like 1492 steve uh nathan taylor says hi a picture of a, a strat there i think looks like the body of a strat I, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna buy a guitar. I, uh, I don't. An, I, an electric guitar. I don't own an electric guitar. How crazy is that? You don't. No. I see you got a bunch of them hanging I on the wall. A, yeah, I'm trying to get them in the frame here so I can see what's going on. I yes, see at least three. Yeah, there's a few hanging up. There's some basses, guitars. Uh, there's some Rickenbackers in the far back there. You can't really see them, but they're they're hanging back there. I don't own a, a, an electric guitar, so I'm going to buy one. By by next week, I'm going to have an electric guitar, just to have, because so I can play a little. In the studio, we have uh, we have a twelve string acoustic Martin, a six string acoustic Martin, a mandolin, a real resonator. We have a lap steel guitar. We have two all in that room that you're sitting in. Yeah, we have two Rickenbackers. That is nuts. Two keyboards. A fretless, a Yamaha five string, a P bass, a Fender jazz bass, two Strat guitars. So we got a whole bunch of stuff, Steve. Yeah, I see you showing up there. Lots of things. Hey, God's honest truth, man. They all get used. Cole plays every single one of them. That's that's excellent. And he records with them. You know, all different ones. Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna get a guitar and I'm gonna start a collection so I have more. I want another bass too. I love buying new gear. Who doesn't? And what kind of bass are you thinking about getting, Steve? I don't know. I, I would like I would like a five-string fender, but I never see him in the stores around here, so I might have to dig deeper. Because mm. um, I really love having the five-string and really love fenders. I want to get an, a four-string Spectre because I had one and I sold it many years ago, and I would like a new one. What's your main bass that you play now? I play an Ibanez um, five string. That is my base for the gig because number one, it's a five string, and number two, it's very light. And is that a versatile base for all seasons, Steve? It is. Well, for all the kind of music that I'm playing, sure. You know, it's, you know, bass tone is like, 
it, you know, it, it generally any bass tone will work with most types of music. Uh, it's how you play really kind of makes the difference. And, you know, how you set your tones on the app and stuff. But it, it's, it really is a great sounding bass, and it, but it's light. And since I'm on stage for four and a half hours every night, uh, we had, if I don't have we had, a light bass, it kills my back. Yeah, so. back in episode like 47 or 48, we talked about that. The weight yeah. of different bases and how you had your buddy tune up all your bases for you that time. Remember, that's you right. Overhauled them all. I wouldn't. You were I, so excited to play, and then you played, and you were like, "Dude, it's so heavy. It was like breaking my back. It's it's fun, but I couldn't yeah. do much for the whole." Game. I used it though. I used that bass because we didn't talk about it last week because we had the cover band Confidential guys on last week. Yeah, um, but uh, I used that one. That's the Spectre, the five string. It's very heavy, but I got a new strap for it, which is padded. And it's also kind of elastic, so you can kind of push, okay, push yeah. down on the strap, yeah. and you know it kind of bounces. It's bouncy, and and that kind of reduces some of the weight to it. So, but I I didn't use it on Bourbon Street. I used it at we did a gig last Saturday at uh, this place called Whiskey Cowboys Bar. Nice big stage, cool place. Um, always people there, and uh, I figured there I'm not going to be playing as long, and we're you know we're going to be taking one or two breaks. So. Um, I figure, okay, this is the place to try the Spectre again with this new strap. And it was great. But I haven't brought it out to Bourbon Street yet, but I probably will. Hey, now, couldn't you just play it for, like, a set? If you have a sound man, just tell him I'm going to switch, you know, bases well, for the second mm, set. Yeah, the thing is, with the sound man on Bourbon Street, he would come back, but he doesn't generally. He'll, he'll come in set us up and then he'll go out and then he'll come back in in like a half hour and check on us and see if he needs to make any tweaks. And after that, he's, he's, he's out. That's it. You don't see him again. No, someone, that's it. Someone at the end of the night pulls the faders down and, and shuts his gear off. That doesn't happen. That's the, the, the it just stays on. Yeah. The sound booth is very secure. It's actually locked. You can't, you can't get it. So overnight in there you hear stuff feeding back and you know <laughs> overnight yeah oh yeah oh that's horrible um so but so i could Dude, do that, that but that is the greatest thing to do not to interrupt you but that is like the greatest thing when you're sound checking and like you hear that it's really good and everyone's like really happy with it you just nonchalant you're like you like get a little whistle going there so it sounds like feedback you know and everyone starts freaking out and cupping their mic and like oh my god Right. I'm glad nothing happened when you just cupped your mic. No, like it, it, it didn't no, feedback no, when you no, just cupped no, your mic. It's, it's not I don't know if it would work if I did that. Exactly. Like, See, I got feedback. Just, yeah. yeah. A little bit, right? I know. Okay. Only, only when you first approached it, then it compressed somehow. I think that was my phone just made noise. It was a perfect storm of noises. Yeah, mine doesn't um, feedback at all. Perfect. But so, yeah, I could just bring both bases and switch them out, but the Spectre is so much more it's so much hotter than the other ones because that's active pickups and like the the uh the ivan is is passive so it's not um yeah it's it, the, the the signal is a lot stronger so if if he sets me up for the ivan and then i switch to the specter it's gonna freaking blow out <laughs> the room man especially since he's not there <laughs> that guy's gone home to watch television oh yeah he's, pretty he's, much he'll catch you next time yeah, because he starts his day early and he does bands and, and like he does a lot of clubs. So one sound guy is doing like five different clubs, sound at five different clubs. Maybe not five because now because it's, you know, we're still kind of early from COVID. But um, 
yeah, once he's done, like setting everybody up and checking on everybody, he's out. That's it. And that's it. So, like, if you're like, man, I wish I had like a little more vocal in my monitor, like, Brant. No, you better, you, you learn. Sorry. Like, you, you tell him, like, you better be happy before he leaves. Yeah, you learn here because the sound man, I've known this guy for, you know, seven, eight years now here doing sound in, in the city. So you learn how to work with them. You know, you just learn how to work with that person and, and, and it's, it's easy. You know, if you're a cool person and they're a cool person, then do you remember you Jay, Jay Mallory's in Cloister? Big room had a no. big big stage in the back. <laughs> You're like, no, absolutely not. Anyway, they had a house, Sammy, and this guy Mark, and he was there for the night. So he would come. You, you know, you would get all set up. You would sound check. But then it was such a big room that the sound changed. You know, because in the beginning of the night there'd be like you know fifty people there. By the end of the night there'd be two hundred there. Right. You know? And that the the room would change, and he would man the controls man and i just i i so miss those days because when it was like you know at the peak of the second set we we're doing some ferocious music it was all like real heavy industrial stuff like white zombie nine inch nails you know and he would just you know have all the volumes exactly where they needed to be you know as the like as the fever grew he would pump up certain things and pull certain things back and you know certain songs like uh, on an album that had a real heavy kick he would like really lay on the kick like you know slide it up like two notches so it was like like earthquaking you know what i mean great right. for that and then you know next tune would be something more subdued he pull it back down again yeah like, that's, I, that's I, fun I to do. Days, you know yeah it's fun to be in the uh, behind the board doing that too Just, yeah getting all artistic with it and uh, yeah. Boosting the, solo, the guitar when there's a solo uh, that we, we here have learned how to kind of stage volume ourselves throughout the night. Um, and especially the guitar players, they know they have their whole setup where they, you know, if they're playing a solo, they want to kick, they just volume pedal or, or sure. press pedal and, and kick it up. Um, but it's, you know, it's fine. Uh, Cause typically we don't have any issues uh, after, we're we're all set up again we've we've been all all of us here have been doing this for so many years and working with the same sound guy and there's always little things you know to fix but um but i mean i do my sound check now it's beautiful because i he comes i show up early Um, i've been showing up like super early for gigs which i I really feel much more comfortable when i do that um and rushed and you know you have time and yeah, because parking in the city is sometimes an issue, and so I just want to make sure I get there, get a good spot, and whatnot, um, and not have to pay for it. Um, and uh, he comes uh, like a half hour before we need to start. He walks in, and I'm typically at that point I'm the only one that's ready. Um, so I just jump on stage. I do my yeah. my vocal sound yeah, you check. Go first. Yeah. I do my bass sound check. I mean, fifteen seconds. I'm done because he he knows how I like it. So he sets me to where I like it and he might need to push me up a little bit or something, but yeah, he knows how I play. You know, he's seen me play hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. So. Hey, so, now, uh, back to gear for a second. Are you going to test drive a couple of different bases or, or, you know? Yes. Or, and or cause you- yeah. Cause, cause Shane said properly, if you want a good tasting banana, peel it first, which I believe is a metaphor to, if you want a good guitar, go play it first. When you're craving church's three-piece classic, there's no other option. Two crispy legs, a thigh, and a warm honey butter biscuit are the only way. And that's why we call it a classic. Church's Texas Chicken. Tap the banner to find your nearest location. Offer valid at participating locations. There you go. I think that's what he's trying to say. Um, 
Well, if not, I get Pete, make note of that. Bananas, peel them next time. Yeah, these guys, are, <laughs> they're just cutting them up and putting them in a bowl. I was wondering why it tasted funky. Now I know. You know, yeah, you can't. I got a guy for that. Pete's on it right now. You can't leave the store unless you you peel the bananas first and taste them to make exactly. sure they're good. Yes. No, because in all seriousness, like I remember when Cole bought his first base, he played like four uh, P bases and and four Fender Jazz, you know, the knockoffs at Richie's. And, and Jim was like, "Yeah, come up," and I got a whole bunch here. And out of the four. They all sounded great, you know, but like one, the frets were a little sharp on the edges. They were sticking out. You know what I mean? One, like the knob was a little funky. One, the neck felt a little bit different, like the action, just the way it was, you know, and, they, and like he played the four and then he was like, it's between these two. And then when he played them, it was like, you know, he, he picked the one based on how it felt, you know, which is interesting in Getty's book. He says the same thing. He picked up a bass and he plays it. And if it speaks to him or he feels like the need to buy it, you know, or if he, if he feels a connection with it, then he'll, he'll, he'll buy it. You know, I would agree with that. And in fact, that's what I will do. Um, I will go play basses and go play, play guitars and uh, go run the basses, Steve, go to guitar center and, be one of those guys and play guitar. You know what's interesting about gear though? You were saying like how your your other bass is really hot and other you know the the other one's not so much. I find that like when I play with this uh, with the OC five band, you know, and I do a lot of classic rock, I bring that Slingerland drum set, you know, the one the garbage pick one, uh-huh. and being that it's a sixties seventies mixture of vintage drums. They sound like classic rock record drums. You know what I mean? The snare is not like my usual snare. It doesn't have a lot of snap and crack to it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like it's 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 got pop to it, but it's muffled. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't blow the room up. You know, like it, it's more subdued. You know, the kick is really warm and big and 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 boomy and bottom esque, but it, it's got a short decay. But it's got a, a ton of oomph hits you in the chest. Right. You know, and yeah. then the toms just have that hollow kind of. You know, five, and it, it didn't hit me until like we were playing some of the tunes, and I'm like, that sounds exactly like you, you know it should be from that era. It doesn't sound like a modern day kit, all produced and great sounding. You know, like it, you know, to your point, different drums will sound dramatically yeah. different from one another. You know? Sure, I used to think of Slingerland as cheap drums because the first person that I ever played jammed with in a in a garage, the first person like ever ever in the history of my life had a Slingerland kit and was a piece of junk. <laughs> yeah, well, and so I made, you know, a, a variety of, of, you know, kits from, you know, really killer good to, to garbage. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't until later that I heard people play Slingerland kits and like, Oh, okay. That sounds good. It's not, you know, it's not yeah. at all. So, so it's not, not always about the brand. It was just about the condition. I think of those drums in particular and the fact that he was not a very good drummer. Well, there yeah. could have been that too. Perfect storm uh, of co- combination of, of, bad factors there yes but i was noticing uh one of the guitar players i played with this past weekend great great guitar player he's one of the one of the uh, more popular famous guys here in new orleans as far as uh being on the scene for a long time and he plays mostly rock but blues too and he sings and everything austin and i was i walked in i saw his guitar and, and it's i looked at the headstock and it's a squire and i'm like and I looked at him and I pointed to Squire. He goes, yeah, you know, it sounds great. It plays great. And so I, I and because I, I was looking at prices of, of guitars, just like Fenders, I, I'd like to have like a Strat and Strats are like 1800 bucks and Squires are like 200. Yeah. So like, I'm going to get a Squire. <laughs> you know, I'm going to tell you, man, like 
when Cole bought his jazz bass, it was like $165. You right. Know? And then he bought a, the Getty pedal for like, you know, $125 or whatever it was. But when he was, you know, when we were, when he did his recital at school and we did Red Borchetta, that $165 bass sounded exactly like the record. You know, it sounded exactly like Getty's bass did on Moving Picture. Right. Because he had the pedal. Because he had the pedal. Right. You know, but even before that, even when he was just playing it, it just, it sounded really good. Like just by itself, it didn't sound like, you know, like, like cheap drums. They don't resonate. They're real flat and boxy sounding. You know what I mean? And then much like, you know, an instrument, like a guitar, it just has a certain sound. Like if he plays the Rick next to that Fender Jazz, that's not good or bad. They're just completely different, you know, way different, you know? And that's the thing I noticed about all my different drum sets, you know, the different woods and they're all different sounding, not better or worse, just different. Although the Yamahas do seem to have an edge over everything now that I've got the studio up and running. Yes. They're living, breathing objects, man. They're not oh, just yeah. objects. They're, they're, wood is alive. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to have energy to it. And when you, they're all together in the sacred space, you know, they're all commingled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. My, I have a Fender acoustic guitar that I've had for 30, 30 years, close to 30 years, 25 years, maybe. And that thing has been through some stuff. It's got some character. It's got some stories in that wood. Yeah. That's why. Uh, getting new gear is always great. Putting life into it. Oh, there's uh, nothing like it. I just put all that new gear for the studio, you know? Right. I'm super excited. Right. So let's talk about using gear. You played this weekend. Let's hear it. I did. So we gigged on, on Friday. Mm -hmm. uh, it was supposed to be outdoors, you know, stage in the venue, and then it rained. And oh. it was like 39 degrees outside. Oof. So the club called an audible at showtime. You know, we're loading in at like 6 o'clock because we played early, 7.30 to 11. Uh -huh. um, and they had it indoors because oh. of the weather. So we actually played indoors. My first gig playing indoors probably 40 to 50 people inside a pretty small place. So it was, you know, a good amount of people, but they were, they were spaced out. No. And what was the event again? What was the purpose of it? it was a party? It, or no, it? no, it was uh, it was a bar and they're kicking off now. Like the, the band season. Oh, it was just a bar, bar gig. Okay. Bar so gig no. and they're, and they're having bands again, you know? So it's okay. like this, about a month ago, they kicked it off and you know, every weekend now they're having music. Okay. So, so 40, 50 people, you said? And, yeah, uh, and it was, you know, it, it was because it was inside, you know, it was good for me because as soon as I got there and set the drums up and I, I just went around and played them a little bit, I'm like, I, I don't need to mic anything because the kick drum was so mammoth in the room by itself. Just, oh. I guess because I was in the corner, you know, like a bass trap. I was caddy corner with the boxed corner behind me. So just right off the bat like i said the drums sounded great and they were loud in the room and then we just tailored the band accordingly um but as the night went on and you know it, it's an interesting thing think about like if you play wind cries mary or if you're playing won't get fooled again by the who you know right dynamically and you know energetically everything about the two things are very different you know but it seemed like when the more high energy songs came in the set, it was overpowering the room. Even though we weren't cranked in volume, you know what I mean? The energy level was just making it like a wall of sound. You know? And you had a PA, you didn't have drums through it, but you had guitar and bass through it or, or no? No, no. 
vocals only through the PA. Oh, okay. What kind of speakers uh, and, did you have? And, and a little and a little, little bit of keys, and then bass guy, you know, just a cabinet, and then the guitars, just the cabinets, and you know, acoustic environment. But the mix of the band was really good. I forget, maybe EVs, I think. And subs or no? Just no, no subs. Okay. Wow. Okay. So typically, when I bring my rig, I bring my three hundred and fifty watt electric drum amp with the speaker and the and the subwoofer built into it. And then I mic up my kit through my board and put it through that. Right. So all you do is like, if you play, when you turn it on, it instantly just, it just brings the whole bottom into the room of the drums and it just makes everything rounded. You know, it doesn't right. really like project the drums super loud, but it makes a big difference in, in the clarity of them, you know? So, so was this outside, room, yeah, was this room boomy where, that you played in? Was it a boomy room? Uh, well, uh, wood floors, you know, pool table, wood oh. columns, drop ceiling. So, you know, somewhat pr pretty reflective okay. wood tables, chairs. So yeah, pretty lively room. Um, but not overly boomy, more boxy. Like it had a nice warm, a rounded warmth to it. So I okay. wouldn't say we were battling like any type of reverberations or the room was just not cooperating. It was just a matter of, I guess the frequencies, you know, of that room just made it you know, on some songs it got muddy, you know, and, and that usually doesn't happen and we didn't change anything. So that was something interesting to, you know, take note of. Hmm. And you could hear, you got monitors, I guess, wedges, or you, you're using yeah. in-ears? Are you using no, no, in-ears? No, 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 wedges. Oh, okay. I thought you were doing the in-ears for this, this band, no? No, not with these guys. Okay. No in-ears. Um, so, all right, so were people masked? Uh, um, how was the the crowd scene there may be five percent to three percent of people wore, had a mask on okay so not many people they had masks with them in their pocket and stuff like that but you know everyone's sitting around drinking and most of the tables were friends of, of people you know like you me and so and so and this guy would all be sitting together so they weren't wearing masks because they either work together or they're social you know with each other anyway or right. they're there all the time but um i still wore my mask you know except when we were on stage you know when i was off stage walking around i had my mask on what about the staff? They're masked? Yeah. Staff okay. has to be masked. Yeah. Okay. Um, and how was the, the overall vibe, the reception? Were people psyched to have live so music? That, yeah, that was the best part of the whole thing. We It was one of those gigs where the entire place was a captive audience. Like there was tons of interaction, banter back and forth. Um you know, people would cheer and, and say, you know, excellent tune. Then they'd be like, we did, um, we did Junior's Farm by Paul McCartney and Wings. Okay. So really, really fun tune to play. So like after that tune, people got up, walked up to the band, said, oh, I was great. Nobody plays that. And one guy in the back was like, you got to do like band on the run. Like I'm requesting it right now. Like, you don't have to do it right now, back to back. But like, I want to hear that later. And it's, it's one of the tunes that the band does do. And then other people would be coming up and requesting stuff and, you know, applause at the end of every song, like, and not just like, yeah, like whistling and like super appreciative and people saying like, we fucking need this man. Like we've been waiting for this. Like the place was really pumped to have live music as we were too. We haven't played in eight months, you know? And, and, and that was the, the, the banter on the mic too, saying like, you know, it's great to be out. It's great to be back. I'm sure you people are, are you know, excited to have live music again. Cause that's a live music venue place that we played at, you know? So everyone was really appreciative of the band. They were super excited. They were pumped up. They were very complimentary. 
and they were into it. Like I said, it was a captive audience. They were singing along. I remember we were doing Tears for Fears. Uh, Everyone wants to rule the world. And, you know, in the middle of that song, I just remember looking around the whole club and like every single person was either singing along, tapping their foot, tapping on something, bobbing their head on their phone. But they're like everyone was engaged in it in some form, you know, and that was cool. So it was it was good to be back. Band sounded great, you know, even if not playing that long, we rehearsed a couple of times. But, you know, it was it was it was spot on. And um, like I said, the crowd really enjoyed it. So it's good That's to see great, that people are really looking forward and, and eagerly awaiting to go out and see live music. You know, nothing least, beats that energy, it. man. Nothing beats tops that energy of a live band and, yeah. and then having an enthusiastic crowd. Yep. Nothing like it, man. And a Good crowd that you. was having a conversation, you know what I mean? Even though there's 50 people in the place, they're all talking back and sure. forth to the band, you know, yelling stuff out, being like, yeah, like, you know, you start a song, guys are coming up like, yeah, like, like playing pool, like yelling, like they're waiting for that song, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. So it was Excellent. good. It was good. To, it was good to get out. That's good to hear. I, I'm sure a lot of other people are going to be experiencing that same thing or have experienced that same thing. I know I am experiencing it yeah. basically every night that I'm playing now and it's last weekend i only played sunday um but I, we're in the best room on the street we're in famous door and uh tracy the singer is very good at that at what you were talking about that that conversation with the crowd mm -hmm. um she's very good at it and she makes pe people feel very comfortable and you know if it's somebody's birthday she always all right come on up here come. and she has her stick mm -hmm. that he that she uses with the birthday and then we play part of birthday by um, the Beatles. Yeah, we used to too. Um, and we do it every time. And each time somebody comes up, we play it a little faster. Yeah. Yeah, we get that. It's fun and people enjoy it. So as a result of that too, people have been tipping us so well. I mean, yeah, if you you're saying that, you're saying if, that you're, yeah, if you're out playing now, man, Anybody out there out playing and you can take tips, you best be taking tips, man, because people are really appreciative of yeah. live music. Like, ev dude, everybody on Sunday for a little while I was watching because I can't really see usually how much somebody's putting in the the, the thing. But the, the way it's situated, it's on the stage in, in the center in front of Tracy on, on a stool, the, the tip bucket. And it's like it's like a little garbage pail she has, like the little tiny, like I don't see my hands. I don't know if that helped. Um, <laughs> this is what it looked like, Steve. Like, this, this like, big, you know? like, like yeah, that's not helping anything. Um, but uh, people will have to, they, there's stairs right in the center of the stage going up to the stage. And people will stand on the first step or the second step and then reach in and put their money in. And uh, I've been able to see it. And like on Sunday for a while, like every person that was coming up and doing that, it was a $20 bill. 20 20 20 and we've been we've been killing it with tips. We're better than I've ever made in tips here on, on a consistent basis. And I know how to sell that shit on on, on the stage because when Tracy goes out, she'll say like, "Hey, I'm coming out, everybody!" And blah blah blah. And she'll do it quick. And then, and I do this. There's two different songs where I can extend the intro and I'm singing it. So I just let the music play over and over again. I let it loop and I talk to the crowd and I'm pretty good at it. I'm comfortable with talking to the crowd and I, I, I can almost always make them laugh. And, but I say something like, like we haven't played in a year now and uh, 
we got some overdue bills. So yeah, we need some cash. So if you, if you, if you want extra, extra buck or two. And Tracy's great because she walks around to every single person in the room and she smiles super big and she holds it up like this. And and she gets just about everybody to put money in. And if somebody's not paying attention, she'll tap them on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Like behind them, she'll tap them. And then she's got this big, bright smile and it, it really works. Um, it's it, it really helps the whole uh, experience. Well, that's what it is. It's it's you know, you have to work the room, you know, and people are that's up for getting uh, up for being worked. You know what I mean? They're 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 super excited, like I said, to be out. You know, it's been a long time since live music has played, but when you're in the room with people, it seems like it was yesterday. It's one of those type of things. You mm. know what I mean? Like they're right back in it again. But they're they're super like I said, I was very pleasantly surprised at how engaged the crowd was. Because you know how you can play and people are sometimes paying attention. Some people are, they're not, you know, they're dancing, they're, you know, this was the entire night, the entire room was engaged. And that was cool. Excellent. Yeah, so great, great first gig back. Cool. And you did, what did you do, three sets? Yeah, first set was an hour and a half. Okay. And then we took a break and then we did an hour. And then we did like maybe 40 at the end. That's perfect. That's that's a Jersey bar gig set you know? set up. <laughs> yeah, that was good. It was a nice long extended first set. You know, we played from like seven to eight thirty, you know, then took a break and then went back on it like maybe, you know, ten to nine or so. Mm. Uh, and played till almost ten and then played from like, you know, ten after till like eleven. Those were the days, man. Yeah. It was great. And, and dude, it was local. So the best part of all was I was home by midnight. There you and go. That, and that never happens. There you go. That's what you want. Yeah, we're mm -hmm. we're finishing at midnight now. We're we're starting at seven and we're playing two hours and fifteen minutes, breaking for half hour, playing another two hours and fifteen minutes, and that's it. And so we're seven to twelve. Um, so I'm home. I like by, that better. I'm home by one. Yeah, I like I, I enjoy playing longer sets like that. It's it's yeah, it's I mean, because you can you know how like at a typical gig like you just played with those kind of the sets that way in the second set, you know, you start to kind of feel your juices and you start to really kind of feel that's where you start to kind of get in the zone, usually better. Uh, um, and playing two and two hours and 15 minutes in a row you get that, you know, after you're up there for an hour and now you're just like, you start to get more loosey goosey and, and, mm -hmm. uh, and then coming back after the break, that's where for, for me, that's where it's better because of the material too. the songs that we're playing are just more upbeat, more fun to play. And, uh, uh, yeah. And I'll have a See, little buzz I love on. about the, these guys, Steve, this band, the OC five, they will put third song, third set songs in the first set. Like, don't care. Just want you Yeah, know, that's a good way if, to go. If, if it works, you know what I mean? Yeah, Crystal said they missed the live music. She'd be engaged, too, if she was there. Yeah. Little little cheers on her. Awesome. Emoji. Um, yeah, no, it was positive all around. Like I said, it was a great, great vibe in the room. And like I said, band sounded great. And uh, it was good to be playing again, you know. And there's many, you know, points in the evening that I felt in the zone. You know, it was, good. It, it, you know, locked into it. It was it was good. You know, more often than not, too. Maybe because there was no expectation of of coming back. You know, like I don't know. 
at least for me, it wasn't like, oh, we haven't played. We got to go back and, you know, to be nervous about it. it was more like excitement to play, you know? Right. And not really think about the performance. And it's just, you know, you know, when you are able to get into that type of headspace, then you have a magic evening because you're not really hung up on anything. You know, you have no preconception. Right. You're not worried about, you know, I hope the band sounds good. You're just showing up with the expectation that, you know, this is going to be exciting and fun and great. And whether there's people are into it or not, we're going to be, you know, we're, we're going to enjoy playing. And then it's just a domino effect where then everyone's into it. And, and it just turned out to be a great night. So, yeah. And, and now we have probably, you know, a dozen gigs booked from now till October or November. Oh, good. You know, Very good. At a bunch of different places. Yeah. Now it's starting to open up again. A lot of outdoor things, you know, like they're right. doing Mardi Gras out in Warwick. They're doing some outdoor events at this big horse farm thing. They do a car show. They have a band every Wednesday, every Saturday, every Sunday. So a lot of stuff is starting to, uh, to pick up now at least you know because remember now i'm working with these guys north from where i live north right up into orange county new york more or less right so okay. they're up, up into that you know a whole different you know very cool a whole different slew of clubs and places that i haven't played at great you know? new experiences yeah. i love it yeah, that's cool you know? that's fun yeah. i love so, playing a good. new place a place that I've never, ever been before. I love that. Yeah, experience. and they're not new for these guys, but they'll be new for me. Like, I already played, like, two or three places with them that I have never played. Like, right. it's one place I didn't even, even know was there. Right. That's nice. You know? So that's that that that's a plus for sure. And that's some good. of these things, too, Steve, have, I've noticed for the summertime have, like, um, four, five, six bands on the venue. Some really? of these outdoor events. Yeah, they have it. And house gear, sound man. Like you just bring like for drummer, you bring like snare pedals and cymbals. Like you go into a rehearsal studio, you pull up like the kit's there, it's mic'd up, ready to go. I would think in Jersey, especially that area, that this summer will be a boom because you can do so many outdoor gigs, and because everybody's getting the vaccine and people are feeling more comfortable, and especially they'll feel comfortable outside. So the weather's beautiful. Yeah, I would I would think it'd be like a, a serious boom this this summer that would be that's cool yeah well the one place by me jns they had um they had a band there maybe three weeks ago when they kicked off their thing and i think they said there was like almost 300 people there on nice. a sunday a sunday afternoon outside there you go yeah. so yeah that, that's what you want you want a weekend gig there uh outside this is gonna be the the partyingest summer ever the most going to be the most party it is awesomest party is awesomest summer ever steve it rock is. on so much party and so much joy and jubilation that we are free from this virus happy happy joy joy which we are not yet apparently but um we're close no but you know evidently like you said from what i witnessed out there people <laughs> it doesn't exist anymore because people don't seem to be too concerned about it yeah yeah you know but I'm yeah, not letting my I mean, guard down just yet, Steve. I go Friday to get my second shot. So, okay, congratulations. Thanks. Steve. That doesn't guarantee you anything, apparently. And if, no, it doesn't. But you know, it's it's just another layer of protection. Okay. That's all. Um, yeah, people people here are definitely getting looser too. Still, there are still people wearing masks, but it is less common now. I mean, and even have, the you have even to wear the, a mask inside anywhere in Jersey. You know, mandatory. They won't let you in the store without a mask on. Yeah, it's like stores here, yeah. But the clubs, the bars, mm, 
nah, people are just they're 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 going naked, naked face and all. I noticed that this place had the sign on the door saying wear a mask and then people wore masks in, but then once they were inside and had a drink and were like sitting down, they mas- they took their mask off, you know. And of yeah. course, the other parts of the restaurant. So if people were eating, they had their mask off, you know? Right. You cannot eat with a mask on. No, nor can you drink with a mask on. And then your inhibitions, you know, go mm-hmm. out the window and you're drinking and you're just like. That's it. right. 10 o'clock, COVID comes out and everyone starts getting sick. I know. That's when. <laughs> 10 o'clock. <laughs> well, you can see COVID sin, but the alarm goes off. off. Yeah. Alarm goes off. Oh, I gotta get up and do this thing again. Oh, That's it. Call me. I'll be right back. Ready to go infect some people. Uh, <laughs> do you have to go out again tonight, Larry? Yeah, it's like every night now. You know, it's been a year. Isn't it getting old? Nope. Nope. Gotta do my job. Gotta go. But I heard there's a vaccine. We got new variants. We gotta train. I gotta go. <laughs> gotta train the troops. I'm the new variants. The variants are coming out. I got to go tonight. Big presentation, PowerPoint. Oh, those variants are shit. <laughs> Stop talking shit about the variants. Susie. I thought it was Marge. Was it Marge? I don't know. I was going to say Karen, but that's not nice to your to your wife. Episode 135. Yeah, I know. All of a sudden now, like you said, it's, it's the whole Karen thing is like, you know, it's, it's just, find it's just so interesting how that it can take off like that yeah before you know it'll be steve i used to yeah steve, like steve i've been know? steve for 53 years now all of a sudden right. steve sucks right like f you everybody that's not gonna happen with steves if you think steve suck now just wait and you just watch and see what i'm gonna do there's too many great steves for for a steve thing to go downhill there's uh stephen hawking stephen king um, Steve Harvey, <laughs> Steven Seagal, Steven Seagal, Steven Spielberg. Come on, yeah, huh? Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder, Stevie Ray Vaughan. You know, we got a good class of Stevies, Steve Stevens, Steve Stevens, Stevie Nicks. That's it. So, but Tony's on the other hand, why not? Hey, Tony. Tony Backer, you know. Why not? That's her name's right there. Why don't you, Tony, get me the pizza? <laughs> <laughs> That's like such a stereotype cliche thing. A Jersey Tony. They're great. I'm Tony. <laughs> right. Tony <a> Tiger. <laughs> That's right. I'm Tiger. It's funny. I used to work with a guy. And he used to call me Tony. He'd be, Tiger. Hey, Tiger. Come here, Tiger. I can talk to you real quick. Tiger. Come here. It's not a bad nickname. Tiger. It's kind of sexy. That was like Dirty Kurt. I don't know what that is. We played a gig at Kites, and this guy came up, and he was like, Hey, man, what's going on, dude? He's like, I'm Dirty Kurt. He's like, what's going on? <laughs> like, Dirty Kurt. <laughs> Dirty Kurt, man, what's going on? He's like, what's your name, dude? So I'm like, Tony the Tiger. He's like, yeah, Tiger. Rah, I like it. He's like, how about you, man, Zach? He's like, you're Zach Attack. Zach Attack, man. He's like, he turned to Steve, and he goes, what's your name, man? He goes, just Steve. He goes, Okay, just Steve. So you go in the room, he's like, Zach attack me, you go on the thing. And just Steve over there was talking about this. And Tiger over there was ah, hitting the drums. And just Steve was back again with his attitude like that. But man, Zach, and it was just dude, the guy, Dirty Kurt. He was he was he was training to be an MMA fighter 
and he was amped up and he was a handful dude and he liked the band and he was ready to drink and like he was ready to party. he was ready to go he was like i'll be right here man shots waiting let's go dirty kurt shots dirty on kurt. dirty kurt I wonder if he gave himself that nickname or if it was appointed to him. I don't know. How you can't out. give yourself nicknames. You didn't ask him that question. You know? Right. If you introduce yourself as that, I guess. That, if you that, say I have what... dirty Kurt. I mean, but, you know, but thinking back on it now, I think I would say to him, and how'd you get that nickname, dirty Kurt? <laughs> Did you not take a shower or you have other, you know, fetishes that you're involved in? or Dirty could be so many just, things. You know, Dirty Kurt, like, yeah, like that guy's dirty, dude. Just, you know, like, not a good dude. You're dishonest. Yeah, who knows, you know? Doesn't wash his car. It could be anything. Dirty could be so many things. Could be anything, Steve. You don't know. Uh, but that's fun. That's a fun, enthusiastic crowd person. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Wish there was more Dirty Kurt's in the world. He was a good dude. Had a lot of fun. I get him every night here. At, and I don't get Dirty Kurt's, but there's, there's the enthusiastic fans here it's really a trip to watch it it's it, it's i always kind of not always every once in a while i'll think about the fact that these people don't realize that we're watching them <laughs> and, oh yeah see all kinds of stuff in the stage before. yeah because that is our point of view so that's what we're looking at so we're watching you whatever you're doing out there we're watching you and I if you're think, sitting I, there I, if you're dancing they want if everyone to be watching them that's why they're there some right. people you know Right. So it's, it behooves you for us to put on a show for us. So you should be doing something fun out there. Put on a show for us while we're putting on a show for you. I will say, I think the the best place we I've ever played that had the most antics and shows nonstop was Black River Barn. It seems like every time we played the Black River Barn, something extraordinary happened. Extraordinary would be. And I'm talking word. like, you know, not like two or three times talking like 10 15 times like i can tell you countless stories we won't get into it now on this episode but so many different things have occurred at the barn that i could you know there would definitely be several chapters in the, in my book when i start to write it i wish i've played the barn several times and i wish i could remember anything specific i remember general things but just to to draw this picture for the audience the black river barn is a bar slash restaurant in Hapakong area, New Jersey, right off of Route 80. Randolph off of Route 10. Randolph off of Route 10. <laughs> I've been in New Orleans for 11 years, I forgot. <laughs> but I do remember the setup. And, and I, I mean, there were two different setups. And the original, when we, we first played there, and when I played there with you, with Outskirts, was uh, uh, next to an exit door and a, a pizza oven's setup thing on, on on our left so to the back of the drummer was the exit and a wall and, and you it, couldn't and you can't block the exit door and they could not block the exit door. five thousand dollar fine right and there was just kind of this little area nook i would call it mm -hmm. in in the in the bar where the band would set up so that was the drummer and the bass player i would i would always set up uh to uh your right which would be stage right, so it would be not the hi hat side. That's that's why Correct. I was set up there because uh, you'd, ha you'd have to be because to be on that side, then the door, then the drums. You had to leave the little alleyway to get to the fire. Right. Door. I remember the first time I was there, I got yelled at for that, so I had to move the amp up so I wasn't blocking the door. I remember the guy came. He goes, "Hey, he goes, you got five thousand dollars on you? You got five thousand dollars <laughs> on you right now? 
Because that's what it's going to cost if you don't move your stuff out of the way. <laughs> I think it was Dean, one owner. I said to him. I don't know who this is, but said Black River Barn, not an ideal stage setup. Yeah, so see, someone knows exactly what we're talking about. You got the pizza oven to the left, pizza which ovens. you know, which is ideal because you make friends with Fernando or whoever's cooking the pizza that night, and you tell them, dude, you know, keep them coming over this way, and you That's know, right. you got the pizza right there next to you know right. where you're sitting, perfect. But right. not then, ideal, not ideal setup. You're jammed in, and then you have about maybe six or seven feet between the lead singer and the guitar player in the front line to the bar with the stools and everything. And people crowd and commiserate. Wait, wait, there. six or seven feet from the front line of the band to the bar. Yeah. No, no, that's generous. That's not six feet. It's like four, maybe to the bar from the, the front where we would set up the monitor. Yeah, it's enough for line. people to dance. So it's, 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 and people to stand at the bar. So it's about six feet. You think it's six feet. All right. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, we're gonna have to go back and measure. Maybe. And I'm in construction, Steve, and I got a good eye, so I'll be there. There you go, Albrecht. So see, he knows. Jim, just tell the people if there's like six feet in between the lead singer say, and yeah. the bar. Jim, the reason your name isn't showing is because you need to let Streamyard show your name. You need to click on that link in the description to let Streamyard show your name because we're. I'll see. He said five feet tops. So well, I was I was size eleven, so I mean you know maybe five of mine is six of somebody else's, but whatever it is, there's enough room there to for antics to occur. So yes, and, that, that, and, that's and, the thing. Well, we would set up the monitors, but hang on to, on the front line of the stage just to give it the visual, yes. and, and the mic stands in the front, so so it would create a at least this barrier from the band is here and or a tripping he, hazard. And people are there or well, hazard for yeah. people to fall into the people on the front line, which is great from my point of view, because they never get back all the way to the drums, you know? Right. And the bar is a wooden bar, pretty big. Right. And above it is wooden beams with like an open truss ceiling. So people were encouraged to climb up on the bar and dance on the bar and hold on to the beam. And, you know, there's many times they had like a conga line going around the bar when we played there and people falling off the bar, oh, yeah. and you know, just all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. People would definitely fall trip over those miles because people would start getting drunk and they would dance, you know, we're playing dance ish music and they're dancing right in that little five foot area <laughs> <laughs> and they would fall and, or drop the drinks, uh, drop dropping drinks was often um, Jim. I guess this is still Jim, uh, but it said he, he, we hosted open mic there for eight years. <laughs> And that was that, awful room. <laughs> that was Hoy Polloi, I believe. Where uh, yes, it was, it was. Hoy yes. Polloi was, and Hoy Polloi was a fun band because they were just they were casual. They dressed in pajamas. Yes, and they did cut the open mic there, and they were all really good players. And back remember. to back to back songs, one after the other, no set list. Just Jim would have yeah, yeah. calling them out and arranging them and getting them going. It was that yeah. Was I played. I never. I mean, I saw. I, I, Jim did sound for us a time or two when I was in Mad Rabbit, and then, uh, and he they would play at uh, Cadillac Bar, but it was the other side. It was remember there was Cadillac Bar, and there was what was the other side? But, it was the uh, same uh, building in Hoboken. In Hoboken. In yeah, Hoboken. Um, Jim will know and he'll say it, but. Uh, but they play there on Tuesdays, I think. And, and I play there sometimes um, uh, with, uh, God, there was, I, I mean, I played there with Mad Rabbit, but then I played there with a couple other bands too. That was a fun room. Boo Boo's, that was it. Yes, Boo Boo's. Boo Boo's, yes. And Clan Broth House, right, right, right. Yep. Jim, show your name. Click on that link, and uh, the StreamYard 
like says to show your name so we could show your actual name instead of facebook user see i can remember playing the barn and like by third set people are getting rowdy and like they're all jammed in front of the band and they're yelling screaming and they're, they keep bumping into the mic and the, the mic's hitting you know steve in the face and they're hitting jimmy's boom mic and things spinning around rick shane out there and it's like everyone's crowd up and we, and we just finished the song and Steve's like, he goes, everyone's got to back up. He's like, you got to stop crowding me. He's like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I keep yeah, getting yeah. face with the mic. He's like, I'm knocking my drink over. He's like, get it back up, you know? And we start playing authority song and, and he just gets done with this rant and he's really angry, you know? And he starts, he turns around, looks at me, he's all mad. And he, and he goes, and he turns around to the mic. And as he's doing that riff, this like six foot six guy comes out of the booth area to the right with this like ballerina spinning maneuver, like, <laughs> like spinning though with a beer in his hand and comes spinning into the monitors, trips over the monitors, <laughs> hits Steve's mic stand so hard that the mic smashes him in the face, breaks the clip on the floor. <laughs> his beer is, you know, the mic, the, the, the drink he has is spilling all over his pedal board. And as the guy falls into him and takes the header, the guy cracks his head open on the floor and is uh. unconscious with blood coming with blood all over the ground. And his friends have to come and pick him up and like get napkins and wipe the blood off the floor and put it on his head. And he's like stumbling away and to do, 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 But Steve had to use Jim's mic or Julie's mic because his mic stand was broken because the guy came in, but I just never forget it. It's like a spider. The guy had like these really long limbs and he just came with like slow motion. He just came like spinning in like it was a rodeo and he just crashed right in steve great and me oh, and, i think zach was in the band me and zach were just hysterical and that was at the barn or at barn. yeah oh mm-hmm. my god yeah that was i mean cadillac bar the way it was set up too was very similar to the barn where you were in a nook you know you're you're but i mean it wasn't a bar and there was no, i remember i was i've been i never played there but i've been there plenty of times I played there a bunch of times. Cadillac Bar was fun, man. When when we played there on a weekend and it was packed in that room, oh boy, was it fun. That was a oh, yeah. great, that was a great room to play. But yeah, the barn, I played there with you at the barn. I know I did. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. Several um, times. And I played there with Mad Rabbit and probably a couple other bands. But the bar was, the bar itself was huge. It was like, it took up this whole room, which we looked at. And you could see, like, it was, you know, it took up the whole room, and it, but it went around. Oh, like 50 whole... people could sit at that bar. Easy. Yeah. And then back in the back, there was a restaurant, too. There yeah. was, you yeah. know, the whole dining room and everything. Um, Yeah, Jim agrees with me. But Jim, the link is in the description of this thing. Look in the description of this and click that link. He's not getting it. But he said uh, Cadillac Bar was truly the best of times. And yeah. I got I got a ton of stories about Cadillac Bar. I've probably told them before to you, but um, the nine eleven, the 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 playing after nine eleven was one of the the most profound experiences for me because it was right on the yeah. in Hoboken, right on the water on the Hudson River, and right across from the towers, right across from where the towers were, and and I used to go and walk out on break when we play there. I would go walk out to, there was a big pier that went out into, into the river, you know, and people would just walk around there, bicycle around there. Uh, and it was right there. So when we were on break, I would go walk out there and go like, go to the end and just sit by the water and, and check out the twin towers. And then the first time when it was gone, 
it was like I played there like a month after and just walking out there and it was that that void in that area was just so profound. It was so yeah, mind blowing. I, I wrote a whole thing like I was in college at the time and I wrote a whole paper about it, um, about that experience. But I'll always remember that. And the pizza, Hoboken pizza. Oh, right around the corner from Texas, Arizona by the path train. Oh, nothing beats that pizza, man. We used to play Texas, Arizona, and we'd get done there at three. And then we'd walk across the street, and those guys would be booming. You know, the place would be packed with people. You know, it wasn't like leftovers. It was like they had pies coming oh, out yeah. of the oven at three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they were in full tilt, and we would go there, get two slices, and they were like big hanking slices, you know? Yeah. And right by the water there, and it was just, yeah, it was. Hoboken was fun, you know. It was a great place to play back in the day. And I used to always call the parking spot. I would be driving there because, you know, for people that are listening that don't understand Hoboken, there's no parking. And it's right. like $20, $30 to park. I would always find parking. And you had to drive around and look for parking and try to find. But I got drums, you know. So I'm like, so oh, every, right. every time we played Texas, Arizona, I would say, I'm either getting the spot right by the front door or within three spots of the front door. And I got to say, if we played there 25 times, 23 of those times, as I turned the corner, someone was pulling out of that spot and I pulled right in and it just became like expected only like two times. Can I remember one time I circled and circled and circled the block and there was no spot. So I parked around the corner, like double parked, and I waited by the front of the place. And then someone came up coming from someplace else. I'd be like, dude, listen, you know, first of all, you're approaching them. They're in their car already. They think you're carjacking them. You know, you got to tell them, like, right. I'm not going to carjack you, but I got to ask you a favor. And he explained to him what's going on. Like I'm a drummer. I'm trying to load in. Can I, you know, and, you know, the two times I did it, the one time it was a girl and she was like, no problem. I'll wait for you. Like just flash your high beams when you come around the corner and then I'll pull out. You can pull in really oh, nice. cool. I was like, thanks. Awesome. Another time it was a dude and he was like, sorry, dude, got to go. And he just got his car and split. And I remember just like sprinting to my car and then backing down the one way to get into the spot rather mm -hmm. than go all the way around the block. Because I knew if I went, you know, all the way around the block, I, was going, I would have lost the spot. So I just you like shh, Starsky and hutched it right into the spot. You know? <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. I, I love that. that if I, I used to always Hoboken, same thing. I kind of had that attitude like I'll find I'm going to find parking, yep. you know, and I had a, a rig to carry in, a, you know, I didn't have drums, but I had a big bass cabinet that I had to carry in or wheel in. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was always a thing. Um, the, I, I have the adventure every night here, the parking adventure here in New Orleans. Um, That's the one cool thing about these places I've played with this OC5 band is they're all like not in the urban area where it's like impossible to park. They all have like their own parking lot. You know what I mean? Like you just pull in, you pull right up to the door, you load in, you're done loading in, you put the stuff back in your car, drive over and you park it. And when you're done, you just back back up and load up and leave. Like a normal thing. Yes. 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 Awesome. Uh, all right. Jim figured out how to put his Hey, on. there he is. Parking extended van was yours. Oh, I can imagine. I used to have a club wagon van, which was like a 15 passenger van. And we used to gig with that and, let me tell you, we wedged that into some tight spots. Yeah. Yeah. I used to like having smaller vehicles for that. Yeah. Um, but I'm we, a, and we played in the city too during that time. That was like all our gigs were in the city. That was with uh, Eye of the Storm. We used to, we used to, that was our tour van. Uh, yeah. Parking in the city. Forget about it. Um, that, that was always an adventure. 
Um, well, it was oversized, so you couldn't put it in a lot unless it was an outdoor lot, and they want to charge you fifty bucks. You know? Yeah, yeah. Here it's like twenty-five or thirty on a regular night if you go to the lot. So I always look for free parking. I, do you do you go there a lot? No, because I always look for free parking, and I ninety-eight percent of the time I find free parking. And what um, do you do the other two percent of the time? I pay at a lot. <laughs> if I can, I mean, it is an ultimate, <sighs> it's an ultimate last resort. If I, uh, cause I'll get there early enough to, to make sure I find free parking. I know sure. where to go. Um, but, uh, you know yeah. where to go, you know, whose driveway to park in. Right. Or whose driveway to block. Yeah. All right. So that hour went quick as well. Uh, wow. but it's four twenty, and, uh, no, it's else? not it's nine o'clock. Yeah. But it's April 20th. There you go. April 20th it is. Yes. Great. And uh I'm going to I'm going to go party with uh some more wine. 420 on, brother. Yes. Uh as always you can go where is my thing? You know, I should have this stuff prepared. Carbancentral.com sign up for a profile for you your band or both it is free. Go that's where the cool kids are, are hanging out. Yes. Um and uh yeah, that's it. When are you playing again? I am playing again. Uh, I think my next gig is not until the end of uh, Mem- yeah Memorial Day weekend, Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. Okay. So a- end of May, so like a month and a half from now. All right. Well, I'm playing again Friday and Saturday, so I'll well, have, I'm supposed uh... I'm supposed to play Saturday, but I'm getting my vaccine on Friday. Um... So not so the unknown of what potentially could be the result of that after effect um they're getting a, a sub for saturday okay well i hope it goes well for you i hope so too and i'm sure it will but i just didn't want to be in a position to have to cancel the gig at the last minute in the event that for some reason i couldn't play you know like if i was really down for the count or just wasn't up for it you know i got gotcha. you much better to have a sub and preserve the gig right on well, I hope it goes well. And uh, yes, I'm playing Friday and Saturday, so I'll talk about that next week. Yes, and, and, awesome. Uh, and uh, everybody else, be at, be good out there. Be safe. Be good to each other and yourselves. And we'll see you next week. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett. 
Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Points.